Luis Lizarazzo, and this is Shedding Light Within Entertainment. Each episode, we'll discuss the humans behind the entertainment industry and explore the issues and topics that are impacting their lives. This episode, we'll take a look at creativity during COVID, and we'll speak with two of my favorite creators, Brianna Kella and Brian Middlestadt. Before we jump into this episode's topic, Charlie, guess what? I finished that book I was telling you about. That one about Wallace Simpson, Duchess of Windsor? Yep. The Other Woman by Anna Seba. Great memory. Well, you did post a picture on Instagram. Oh, right. How was it? Fascinating. Did I tell you that it's believed she was intersex and didn't even know? Intersex? Well, it's still largely misunderstood. What year was she even born? 1896. Oh, wow. So yeah, the doctors might have even been unaware that she was intersex. We should probably explain what intersex means to our listeners. I got this. Intersex means people are born with sex characteristics, including genitals, gonads, and chromosome patterns that do not fit typical binary notions of male or female bodies. Intersex is an umbrella term used to describe a wide range of natural bodily variations. Nailed it. Natural. That's the key. But it's still so largely misunderstood, and a lot of people don't even know what it means. For Wallace back then, it may have been key to her vilification. Unable to have children and unaware of what made her different from other women, she was really easily manipulated by all the people in her life, most notably Edward, Duke of Windsor. Anyway, it's a great book, and it really helped me to understand intersex people a bit more. Thanks for sharing. Hmm, where were we? Oh yeah, our first interview. Currently living in Los Angeles, incredibly talented, ever kind. Let's jump right in. Creator of Rogue Waves, Brian Middlestad, everyone. Oh, one last thing, friends. There are about five words in both of these interviews that you don't want your three-year-old to repeat. So be aware if you're listening with little ears around. All right, here we go. There was an emphasis based in... Um connection, diversity, uh, sort of the raw part of us that sometimes are glanced over. And I found I found that to be very attractive, um, especially in someone who's uh, up and coming, uh, you know, it's it's new. And so I think that's really exciting because there is there's so much power in this industry and there's so much um, there's so many people with ego and such. And I think it's time to usher in not to replace anybody, but to recognize that the industry is changing and to keep up with that, with the truth that's happening out in the world. And I think that's so important. So I love that emphasis that you have. And um, it makes me feel very welcomed. It makes, I'm sh I know it makes other people very welcomed who often aren't as welcomed um, into the industry or into these areas. Um, and so I think that's just so important because those are the stories we need to be telling. Thank you. Yeah, amazing, Brian. And yeah. we love having you as a part of the Variato family. You are so talented. And <laughs> I want to talk about some of your many, many talents <laughs> and everything you did to make Rogue Waves happen. So tell yeah. me about that process. Sure. I know you did a lot <laughs> too of the much, work too yeah. much of it so much, what is that so much of the work and you know a lot mm. of really great collaborators so tell mm -hmm. me about that yeah i mean it's so important to emphasize uh where i came from and why that uh made rogue waves possible um so in my undergrad so this is about 
seven or eight years ago. I went to a small um, school called Texas Lutheran University uh, in a program called Dramatic Media. And their emphasis was on, we are going to teach you as many pieces uh, at the beginning. So make, and force you to direct, force you to edit, force you to uh, edit film, force you to be on stage. It was a hybrid of film and theater, something that a lot of programs just have trouble doing. Um, and they did it quite well. I look back at that and I go, wow, they did swell and their emphasis was that they wanted us to focus in on something by the end of course but also to know that we have possibilities to create our own stories and to add to the world with our own stories but without forgetting that you know there are things like editing that need to happen there are all these things so anyway i got pulled up to new york for opera um and loved it and trained on it for about three years and but I couldn't shake the acting bug and while I was there I was acting I was doing so shout out to the school yeah uh University of Connecticut really strong program really Huskies. focused yes ah uh, I love a husky <laughs> <laughs> I just want one to cuddle okay uh that's that's the pandemic speaking I can't believe I didn't get a dog um but while there it was so focused that I think I did forget a little bit that I'm that I had all those skills to be able to do, to self-create. So fast forward, okay, so pandemic happens and I'm like, oh my gosh, showcase is canceled, everything's canceled. And because we were on our way out, you know, things just sort of, you know, went into the abyss, if you will, very quietly. And, I, you know, it was very frustrating. And what that sort of did though, is make me go, okay, what what can I do? Um, and shout out to Tessa Faye, Tessa Faye Talent, and to Grace Day. So Grace uh, has a podcast, it was as seen on. And she, right in the beginning of the pandemic, got to work on this. I watched her to recognize things were changing and to go with, and I found those two people really inspired me. Uh, when I met with Tessa, she's my business coach. She was like, all right, write something and we'll do it. And I was like, well, okay. Um, and that's what started Rogue Waves. So Rogue Waves is a radio thriller that we're on this edge of chaos. What's, what happens if there's a tipping point, which in this podcast is, a, it's kind of a zombie apocalypse. Let's just go there with COVID. And so this is what ended up happening. So I wrote maybe two episodes and Tessa was like, great, we're going to cast it. Let's go. And I was like, uh, okay. So when we did our first episode, there were, gosh, um, like 40 pages written. And I was like in over my head, I was like, what am I doing? Uh, Tessa was like, you know, you have to be really cool. Like people are doing this for free. Um, this, I, I, it was, it was nothing the amount that people put into it and how seriously it was taken and trusting they were of me uh and how i and what was really important at this point was me presenting myself as a professional in a way that i hadn't done before and i think that's really fun to be allowed to do that by people and to experiment and push yourself to do something new and this sort of chaos that we're all in allows us to be in the discomfort it means is we're kind of stripped away from our safety net so therefore we suddenly have this ability to maybe branch out in ways we never expected fast forward a little bit more editing the first episode i never edited in my life uh sound i i had done like one or two songs in quarantine that were stupid and i was like let's learn how to edit sound and I go back and I, I re-edited the first episode and I was like, I knew nothing. I didn't know how to do any of it. Point being is that this process brought in about 70 actors who fully committed to these characters. It was being written while we were um, 
recording. And that meant that moments like the Black Lives Matter, Matter um, protests, all, all sorts of things ended up really playing pivotal roles in this story. I, I started branching out to a political spectrum. So it kind of became a political sci-fi thing. Yeah, by the end of summer, we had eight episodes. I rewrote the last two episodes in a weekend because I saw how people connected. Rather, it was supposed to end, I'm just giving this away. It was supposed to end where everything kind of went to shit, where found footage is the ending, they get lost in the woods and likely are dead. Um, I had it written and I was like, this is great and depressing and I love that. Um, and then the cast, um, I mean, at this point I had, uh, copywriters on it who are like, no, this, this means something more. This needs to mean something more. We need to, so it completely changed the ending. And I think that's a testament to people coming together with Black Lives Matter for people standing up for what's right and what's true. Um, something we're constantly debating somehow. Uh, and so that, that became the life of Rogue Waves. Well, first of all, I want to say I was just so impressed by everything that was put into it. I mean, if you listen to it, you can just really hear the experience of living through COVID, of creating, of collaboration, <laughs> of learning. I mean, it's amazing. I Thanks. am so impressed. Shedding Light is was inspired because of Rogue Waves and what you were able to create and really wanting to give a platform to to highlight how amazing that is that you did that. And so oh, I appreciate you. you being here. And with that in mind, what do you want to do next? Where is, yeah. where is this going? You have all these <laughs> skills. We're, we're going to get you booked on something. Let's go. Um, <laughs> well, you know, I, I also want to emphasize something that I left off a little bit was we met once a week and then people recorded outside of, outside of this rehearsal price, process of an hour. And the the giving nature of the people are what is what made so it happen. Cool. And I think that collaboration, um, that ability is such a beautiful, I call it the Coronazance because there's such a, <laughs> um, there's such a new level of connection that uh, wouldn't be possible, of course, without technology, but without something as horrific as the pandemic. So, and so through that, this, that is the silver lining, right? Like yeah. Even us, our relationship. I mean, it came through this and me totally. entering this industry and this environment, which I feel so happy to be in and yeah. just such good vibes, you know, happened because of COVID and yeah. that's a silver lining. There, Yeah. And I, I think that's, that's really important uh, because it, without, without the people connecting, I mean, I, it, it just couldn't, it just couldn't happen. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. And, the, yeah. and, I, the voices that you had, some of the actors, I mean, oh, they're just oh, so amazing. I am so lucky. Like, I can't amazing. believe the giving, I mean, amazing. The the sound, there's a couple of, there's four original songs on, in it that a 13 and 16 year old wrote, um, who are amazing, um, who are, I mean, they wrote these beautiful poetic songs and somehow I plugged them in. I've been coaching them for about a year now because Shout of out. the pandemic. Uh, yeah, the Rossi sisters follow them. They're incredible. Um, and, you know, it's things like that. Like uh, it, it, it was like the building of the, the soundtrack that, you know, you think I'm just adding soundtrack because I meant to learn, like it was supposed to get more B-movie-esque as it ended. No, I was just learning how to add 60 layers and 50 voices. And that was because of tutorials and asking some friends and then oh someone writing the theme song. And um, I, it just is unreal how 
how it came together. And that is, and I love that it's, it's got my name, you know, on the bill and I feel so cool, but I like it, it's because people trusted and um, were so dedicated in giving of their time and hearts and talents. So, and, yeah. That's um, amazing. I, yeah. yeah. And um, to our listeners, if you have not listened to Rogue Waves, it is a COVID pandemic thriller, <laughs> zombie thriller. It's five it years is. in the future. It's a little detached, but there are some things recently that yeah. definitely I was like with the, the Capitol riot thing. Yeah. I was like, what zip ties and all there were pipe bombs. I was like, <gasps> what? Yeah, uh, I was, I was, that's so Raven. I saw into <laughs> the future. Um, yeah, great. You really did. It's, <laughs> it's, Ooh. it's, it's crazy how you saw into the future. <laughs> and I'm, I'm hoping that nothing else comes true. Right, but right. I'm happy uh, that we can amen. at least live from oh, the fantasy. Yeah, no, some of these news articles about the, its effect on the brain and stuff. I'm like, well, what is happening? Anyway, so, but speaking of the future right now, it's, it's really bad in LA, but I do think, I mean, it's, it's fascinating right now because it's a testament to artists and the industry because I've been on like six commercials now, um, a couple of small uh, film stuff and TV and I haven't gotten COVID. And I think it's a huge testament to the efforts that are being made because it's so horrendous here. Um, and you do take off your mask and you do trust the people and their testing and all of that. And I think it's a testament of the industry to be able to adapt and to move forward because COVID, it's not going away. The vaccine is going, you know, is, is rolling out. Right now, that's sort of what I'm doing is, is really sell, like submitting like you wouldn't believe I'm not allowed on TikTok and Instagram in the morning until I've checked my Mandy and my, and my you know, Actors Access and LA Casting and what else is there? There's like two casting more that works. Casting Networks. And I, I mean, every morning, it's like I'll submit to 30 things. Um, and then I'll get something from an agent and I'll, I'll put that at the top of the list. And then it's back to like, um, begging, <laughs> if you will. Um, <laughs> and, and writing I, and learning and ri guitar. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, yeah. So during COVID, that's one of the most, one of the jobs that I had, um, was like, we'll let you, we'll have you do this. Learn to play guitar for it. I was like, okay, got canceled, but now, um, oh, it's right here. Of course. I, I didn't mean to do that. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it's suddenly become one of my favorite things. Like I pick it up every day. I'm now writing songs and that is something that for years I've been like, oh, I just can't, I wish I could accompany myself, blah, 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 blah. And when I'm singing, um, so that's been new. Um, I am writing uh, more than I have for years and years. First of all, because of Rogue Waves, I do have a second season in mind. Uh, I'd love for it to be funded so I could pay everyone a million dollars. But uh, yeah, that, um, there's a Hallmark movie I'm working on that's so, it's, I don't think it can be a Hallmark movie because it's just too, it pushes the envelope a little bit. Um, um, you mean, Actually, I am so happy you brought up Hallmark because <laughs> I wanted to remind you that you are the only man that I've ever pretended to kiss on Zoom because of a Hallmark audition <laughs> in our oh acting gosh. class. Yes. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> you know, which is wild. I, I have an audition right now where I'm supposed to kiss somebody and I was like, 
do I kiss the camera? Do I, <laughs> do I mime it? Like, it's going to look stupid no matter what I do. Um, that's the one thing. It's uh, the one thing that Zoom just can't provide, the ability to kiss. Um, yeah, that's... Uh, do you remember I, that? Yes. Oh, just, oh, I forgot vividly. about that until oh, no. we were talking today. And I was like, oh, oh my I got to that in. Yeah, no, perfect. Um, that was... That was, but man, like it's amazing in these classes and such that we have figured out how to, you know, sort of strip away that we're, we're hundreds of miles away or thousands and, and still connect. Um, and I think there's, uh, I, Claire D'Angelo just had a one woman show she just did for an hour and 10 minutes on online. That was like wonderful about the pandemic and working at Trader Joe's. And it was hysterical and heartbreaking. And she had so much energy and, and so, so much giving. And I, I applaud people who are able to use this platform and connect um, in ways that, you know, a year ago, we never would have given the moment um, to do I know. Uh, or, or I to try. I totally agree. You know, I took Improv 101 back in September, October, with UCB mm -hmm. via Zoom in LA while living in Bellevue because I didn't, it didn't matter that I wasn't in New York. And I had the most unbelievable experience. My instructor was this woman named Monica Smith, who you should look up in LA because she's so talented. Yeah, with a, with a K, Monica Smith, gorgeous, former like international model turned comedian oh and like gosh. so funny, <laughs> like really good at game and UCB and, and just like very theoretical. So oh, I never would have had that opportunity yeah. if it weren't for everything moving on to Zoom. Mm -hmm. You know, we take cooking classes at my in-laws. <laughs> like it's so cool. We're going to take them back in New York when we move to New York too. Amazing. Why not? Yeah, I, and that's it's just opened up our eyes into into things that we never, never would have expected to see. Um, oh, I was I was doing a, a self tape and I called my little sister. Um, she's married to a Marine, and he overheard some of the stuff we were talking about. And I and I mentioned this other story about um, a couple of he was like listening in kind of like leaned over and was like, I have ideas about this. And I was like, please. <laughs> and now he's, we're like sort of collaborating on I love that. this sort of cover-ups that happen in the military and how they connect people and destroy people. And um, I find that to be so fascinating because I grew up in a military family and wow. you know, there's a love hate to be yeah. perfectly honest. And so interesting that I never would have, I never would have collaborated with right. him. So it's just interesting how those things suddenly pop up because of that ability. Um, so Monica yeah, Smith, model, funny, got it, checking out. <laughs> Great. Wait, so you're writing something else that's kind of dark. You have a dark side. Okay, okay, yes, <laughs> I, okay, that, you I, are it's like funny. The, you have the no. sunniest disposition <laughs> and the biggest smile. Oh, no, but I'll cry on cue, like, give me, talk about dogs and I'm done. There's something about, I mean, I like stories that push the envelope, that bring to light darker subjects that we're not able to talk about. I'm doing a one-man show that I started writing in grad school about two court cases that I was part of over six years and the Me Too movement, how it changed my court case versus the one that I was involved with afterward in the same, <clears throat> in the same uh, issue. It was with the same person, but it got reopened after the wow. Me Too movement. And so it's this very, and it's, it is dark, um, uh, yeah, except I'm trying to maybe put it into a little musical form because, uh, 
a very very dark comedy um but i mean i love dark i love yeah dark. i mean <laughs> i love id2 and i and i think that right now people although we want escapism and such we're also raw and able to change and i i think those stories are what i want to be telling like i want to tell stories that push people whether that's mm -hmm. through comedy or drama um yeah. So that's that's definitely something that, that are based in um, real life, though. Yeah, so my brother-in-law was working with me on Rogue Waves, or this was before Rogue Waves began. I remember calling him right in the beginning of the pandemic. Things were bad. Everything was closed down. And I was feeling very helpless because I was still in grad school. Things were like, meh, um, like we didn't know what to do. We were trying to put together some digital showcase that, you know, all these weird things. And I just was so unsatisfied and I called him. And I was like, what can I do? Can I go get certified in this? I was a kines major for two years. Like I'm close to be able to, to like lean into the, you know, the health world. And so can I go work on um, X, Y, and Z? Can I be in a hospital? What, 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 what? And he was like, Brian, stop, go make art. Like I can do this. I'm qualified to do this. Other people are qualified to do this. You're qualified to do that. And that might create more change than what I can do as an individual um, because it's just, wider spread. And I, that, that was a huge, just way to commit to rogue waves and be like, this is what I can add to the world right now that hopefully connects people and brings people together. Um, artists that are hungry for something, but also, um, contribute, uh, in a humble way, but contribute in the best way I could to this horrific thing that, you know, is killing people and tearing people apart. So I think, yeah. That was really um, that was really special for him to kind of come at me with. <laughs> I love the family, you know, that you bring in family. So you have two yeah. brother-in-laws that oh. are helping you. I have six siblings or five siblings. Um, so there's lots of, I mean, Lord help us at holidays. We're very, also we're very divided on the political spectrum oh. and um, homosexuality has always, you know, that's, we, you know, I've got to, we have we've had our you know journey with that like it's no. just um it's it's always a joy and um, and i'm certainly a hothead who is like let's talk about this <laughs> um but yeah no they're all my sister was a huge my sister and brother-in-law were such huge parts to making he he ended up writing all the science work on rogue waves um, oh. those sections where that doctor is talking, he wrote that, like oh. he wrote that. And some of the best lines are in that. And I'm so mad about it because <laughs> um, they're so good. Uh, and so he, yeah, that, the collaboration there with my sister and brother-in-law and the other sister. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I love very, that. very lucky. Yeah. That's amazing. That's great. Yeah. Family support and collaboration huh. is always important and particularly right now. I mean, one of the trends that we're seeing, I'm sure you're seeing this because of um, contact tracing and it's just working with family or working with mm -hmm. friends and working with people, you know, so yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. mean, at least that's with on set and on camera things, but even yeah. behind the scenes. Totally, totally. Uh, and I love it because we, they're in Texas. So it, it's just been, um, we are suddenly talking every day and i love that we're very close now and that that 100 percent is in the past year yeah so, and that's so with friends as well yeah no friends as well with people like you with um these classes online like it's mm -hmm. it's been really lovely brian thank you so much for yeah. being on shedding light you are so talented and you know you're in la and you're one of 
one of only like two people that I work with in LA because I just love you so much. I'm so proud of you. And I think I'm going to find you a role in New York that makes you fly back. <laughs> Please. Yeah. I'd love uh, so All my stuff is still in Connecticut and storage, so I can pick up some stuff too. Um, thank you so much for having me and for starting this. I think it's so nice to get these stories out. I loved the last episode. I can't wait to hear who else you bring on and uh yeah thank you thank you yeah, thank, you, thank you for my pleasure that actually it's gonna be a familiar voice for you because Ooh. brie calla was yes. on rogue waves and brilliant. she's also yes, gonna be on this was. episode yes oh brilliant wow that was great charlie did you hear brian mention tessa a few times yep guess what both interviews have in common they both mentioned tessa Nailed it. And that's why Tessa, as well as Chris Russell, will be guests on episode three. But first, our interview with creator of Year of the Nurse, Brianna Kelly. I met you via a Facebook post from Chris Russell. He posted on his actor's like hub on Facebook that his brother-in-law i'm i forget how you guys are related. yeah we're my sister is married to his brother okay yeah so we're kind of brother-in-laws yeah but we're family you know we're yeah. at family events together yes so you watch out for fam and yeah. he posted on his actor hub saying that you were starting your own management company and looking for like a diverse like people to represent and I was looking for representation and during a pandemic that's really hard um and I was like can I say fuck I was gonna yeah. say fuck it let me email this guy I you know most people aren't starting their own thing actually you know some people are most it's like half and half some people are like ending a lot of stuff during the pandemic and some people are like starting their own businesses during yeah. the pandemic so I was like, we'll or see multiple podcasts or multiple podcasts. So I was like, let's see where this guy's at. He's starting his own thing. Um, what's the harm in meeting? So I emailed you and you set up a meeting and then we chatted and you were charming AF. <laughs> and I, I was just like, I want to work with him. He's fun. I don't know where this is going to lead, but we're in a pandemic. So let's take chances on strangers. Yeah. And I'm glad I did. Thank you so, so much. Yeah, I what you were one of the first performers that I met with. Oh. And you impressed me right away and I didn't even know that you were a nurse. Yeah. And like that. that to me just like well, first of all, li after listening to your podcast too, like the depth of human that you have that you can bring to these performances oh. is just so exciting. Like, I just am so happy to be working with you. And I was impressed by your um, talent and professionalism. Like your photos were, are some of the best photos I've seen. And Aww. we're gonna talk about that pink outfit and yeah. your Christmas card because <laughs> I just love those both. But, you know, you were one of the first people that I met and I've just, I'm still in awe. And so I want to talk a little bit about, um, you're the nurse. Yeah. How did that happen? Okay. What was that process like? Tell me everything. It came out of a place of really hating being a nurse. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I, this is my 10 year anniversary year of being a nurse. 
yeah, I, I graduated in 2011 and became a nurse right away. I don't know who lets like 22 year olds graduate college and then decide what they're going to do for the rest of their life. So I, I majored in nursing when I was 18. I went into it thinking this is my forever job was very, very soon, like realized I, I, there was a lot of other passions I wanted to follow in my life. So I traveled around, was a nurse for eight years before I decided to move to New York to pursue acting, which is, was like on the back burner, my whole like adult life up until that point. Like I'd be switching shifts to go to auditions and I would be like ditching work early to go like to rehearsal. And sometimes at lunch, I would hide in like the phlebotomist room to run line. There was like a phlebotomist I worked with who would always run lines with me and stuff like that. So finally I moved to New York and I was like, I am leaving this career behind and I'm pursuing acting. And then when I got here, I was like, oh my God, I have no experience in anything else. I don't know what I'm doing. So I was really committed to not working in a hospital and finding like, I guess like freelance sort of nursing work to be able to go to auditions, classes, like drop everything when I book shows and stuff like that. So I was doing that for a while and it was working out great. And then the pandemic started and I had to like, I, I, I couldn't, you know, I, I started working full time again. Um, and I was working like home health for this woman and that job, it just got so hard. It was, I was seeing somebody every single day and taking care of somebody. I was leaving my apartment during a pandemic to go take care of somebody else every day. And it was, it was exhausting. Um, scary. It was, I was scared even just walking my dog, you know, in In Manhattan during the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, I, you almost felt like you were like breaking the law by leaving the house and Mm -hmm. I was leaving every day and I wasn't necessarily scared to get it, but it's just like the, the world was just a scary place. And I was going into somebody's house that I was taking care of. And I felt really responsible. Like I had to stay safe to take care of her and the job. I did that for about six months. And it was, it was so taxing on me. Um, so I left that job and I started a new job as a school nurse and I was loving it. It was like the first time I'd ever done it. Perfect hours. I loved working with kids. It was amazing. And then like suddenly school shut down and I was out of a job again. And I was actually talking to Tessa Fay. She was like helping me run like a self tape. And I had, just like lost the job. And I told Ted in like the acting class that I just lost the job. And I was like crying, you know, it was like one of those situations where I was just, as soon as you start talking, you're crying. And it wasn't necessarily that I was, I lost the job. It was like, everything's been so hard this year to like Mm -hmm. keep employment. Or even when I have a job, I'm like, like mentally and just emotionally exhausted from it. And then I get this job I like, and then schools close. And I said to Tessa, I was like, it's supposed to be the year of the nurse. And then I just like laughed because I'm like, this is such bullshit. (laughs) And I said that. And then I started thinking like, and I, and I like, I, I, I do my morning pages every day. And I just kept writing like day after day, like 
this is the year of the nurse. I want, and I don't really, I don't have any other healthcare friends in New York. All my healthcare friends are from like my, my old life and nursing school. And I'm still really good friends with them, but I just didn't really know what they were experiencing. And I knew my experience was different because I wasn't working in a hospital. Um, and I was going through a lot of like, almost like survivor's guilt from that, from not working in a hospital. And I just, I wanted to see if people were having the same. And I knew people were struggling. I knew nurses were struggling, but I guess I wanted to just like, know I was in, in company with that, that I, it wasn't just hard for me. Um, and then I also, in starting to like prepare for this podcast and like think about what I wanted to ask people and like deciding who I wanted to interview, these are all like wonderful people that are in my life that I've worked with, that I've known for like 10 plus years. And I just wanted them to have a platform to tell how they're feeling because mm -hmm. I don't think that anybody understands what any, like in any, not even just healthcare, what anybody is going through. Every story is like individual during this pandemic, but nurses, especially, and sometimes they're coming home to their family who's, you know, their partner could be working from home or their kids are doing online schooling and they, they can't really like express what it is that they're going through. And I remember when I worked in a hospital, I always wished that there was like, bring your partner to work day so that my boyfriend would like understand how exact, cause I worked three days a week cause I did 12 hour shifts. And my, at the time, my boyfriend was like, you only work three. Like he would say as if I didn't work full time and I had all this extra time off. And I'm like, no, you don't get like three days a week is a full-time job. And the day after that is like recovery. And so I always joked that I wish there was like a bring your partner to work day so that they would kind of understand. And then I realized that this was kind of an opportunity to at least like share their experiences or just vent or have somebody to like listen to or have a platform to say like, this is what I'm going through. So please wear a mask and please stay inside and all this stuff. And I thought if one friend can send it to their parent or their partner and have them be like, oh, okay. I understand why you've been such a bitch for the past <laughs> month. Then I am happy about it. Yeah. Um, and so it kind of started as like an interview process of just like, this is, this is me asking questions about like your experience. And then I, I realized I'm, I'm not a good interviewer, but I am a good improviser. So <laughs> I just started having these conversations and it was wonderful because I honestly, you, I hadn't had time to catch up with a lot of these friends in a long time. And they've been working so much and they've been so busy. And we sat down on zoom and I'd say like, can I have 45 minutes of your time? And then sometimes we'd end up talking for three hours and it was like catch up time. It was talking shit time. I had to edit a lot of that out, mm -hmm. but it, I think just like some people, my friend Lucy just said, I feel like this is going to be a Rhymes therapy session for me. Right? Yeah. <laughs> flag in. Flag, flag in. Rhymes with flag in. Yeah, rhymes with flag in. I had code names. I had a lot of code names. Um, really original code names. But yeah, it, it was, it ended up just being like therapy sessions for some people. And I remember when I like hit publish on Spotify, I was like, 
I'm, I, I don't need anything from this. Like it, honestly, I just remember being like, this is closure for 2020 for me. This makes me feel Catharsis. validated in how I feel. Everybody is in this together. You know, it worked in a hospital not worked in a hospital. We all had these same feelings and uh, yeah, it was, it was something, it was a project that like started out and like, I needed an, a new quarantine project. And then it ended being like, I don't need this to be anything other than like what it was. And it was, it was such closure on the year for me. It was so beautiful. First oh, of all, so I am friends. One of my best friends that lives in the Seattle, Washington area is an ICU nurse. And she often has expressed what I think are the early signs of like PTSD from this. Yeah. And I think that all what of type the of, nurses- Do you know what type of nurse she is? She is a trauma nurse in a okay. trauma one center. Okay. So it's like a pretty like intense yeah. role. Yeah. And she's obviously like so amazing. So when your podcast came out, I shared it with her, not because- I think she needed the lessons of like, um, you know, what it's like to wear a mask and all that PPE for like hours and hours and to be uncomfortable and to be helping people and having to empathize, but being in like actual uncomfort for, you know, yeah. multiple days a week and, you know, just helping these people that are in pretty rough yeah. places you know and so I shared it with her so that she could at least feel that sense of like community yeah because I and even while you were just talking I just keep getting these ideas of like soldiers you know coming yeah. back from a war and like just everything that they have to carry with them and yeah even just having that valve of being able to talk to you for an hour knowing that they're going to be able to share those stories it was just such a beautiful um, um, tribute to flow, right? <laughs> yeah. A hundred year, uh, 200 year 200 anniversary year. of flow, which mm -hmm. I learned, um, <laughs> which was why it was originally the year of the nurse. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, also slew lots of shout outs to slew, lots of shout outs to slew my nursing school, <laughs> your nursing school. So, I mean, and just, I loved getting to hear all of your friends and across the country too. So for me, you know, and I think you know this, but you inspired this podcast with your podcast. And I'm just so um, proud of you for that vision. And, you know, shout out to Ted Wald and Tessa <laughs> Fay too, for, you know, helping give you that strength and motivation to take that project on because yeah. they're like ever supportive yeah and um sometimes all you need is a little bit of support but I think it was yeah. so cool so what are you doing now tell us about what you're doing now uh before I say what I'm doing now I just want to like give you props and and say that um okay we haven't worked together for super long and when you sent me like I don't know, in this industry, you work with people and you don't, you know, they, they hope to make money from you or you don't, you don't have like a friendship relationship. And you sent me an email after you had listened to all the episodes and you said that you were so proud of me. And in that moment, honestly, I like cried, like just the fact that 
there's somebody out there that I've never even met IRL, but that (laughs) like (laughs) believes in, you know, my career to say that they're proud of me in a project that, you know, made no money and was just like a, a quarantine project. It meant so much to me. So thank you for that. Um, it's just, it's so refreshing. And so just, it gives you hope in this industry that like people really care about what you're making and what you're doing. And you showed that to me and it just, I, you just saying you're proud of me in that email. I was like, this means so much to me. So thank you. Oh my gosh. I'm going <laughs> to cry. You're welcome. Aww. I mean, it's so true. It really, you know, it's funny. I was like, as soon as it came out, first of all, I was like obsessed with the cover art and like, just, it was Rebecca so. Rebecca Rawhauser, shout out to Rebecca Rawhauser for that cover art. Oh, wait, first of all, I wanted to point this out to you. You know how your dad gave you the Zoom account? Uh-huh. Do you see what my name is? Oh, my God. Please be Rita Pye. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this is my mom's Oh, Zoom my account. God. We <laughs> so are sisters. We're sisters. I thought it was so funny. I Anyway, from the beginning, I was so just excited about it because I think it was definitely something the world needed it was it was vulnerable for you I know that from doing this now too yeah you know, it's like an emotional hangover as soon yeah. as you put it out there it's like an emotional hangover you like mm-hmm. honestly don't even want to think about it because you're like everybody is listening to what <laughs> yeah. I think is good and they're you know yeah yeah uh, but I and so that's where that pride comes from because it takes a lot and I think you know for for us at at Variato and what we're trying to do, you know, that is a learning opportunity and experience that you can now take with you on your next projects. Like you want to do more voice work. People, Brianna, Kala wants to do more voice work. Okay. And she has a great voice. So listen, after listening to it, I was like, wow, I could play like a sexy young girl. You could, I, I think your voice, you have such a great voice. It sounds like a both alluring, I'm going to say alluring, okay. but also authoritative. So uh-huh, maybe, okay. maybe that's that what it is. That is kind of my brand. That's so your brand. You. Yeah. yeah. All right. So now we got that out there. Okay. So we got that know. out of the way. All right. Casting directors, listen. So I, I get so like stir crazy if I'm not doing something. So I ended that podcast mid-December and was like, I'm going to take a break. And then first, like a week after that, I was like, what am I doing? I'm going to become irrelevant. So um, I just, because I love the show, um, I I was, I became friends with a guy named Joe Boyce in Ted Wold's acting class. Comedians and actors come on that are in like community um, and reaching out to some people we don't even know too. Just, can I walk you out? It's, and it's- can I walk you out? It's with streaming Rihanna on Kalla Spotify and Joseph Leo Boyce. It's streaming on Spotify. It is, as you know, like taking on a podcast or audio project, the editing mm-hmm. takes forever. So like I've committed myself to 12 weeks of recording once a week and then spending like five hours editing a project mm-hmm. once a week, but I'm getting really good at it. And I think you're of the nurse is what like, I was like, I told Tessa, I was like, never let me do an audio project ever again. Cause I spent so much time on every episode. And then two weeks later, I was like, Hey, I'm doing this. And she's like, I don't even know why you tell me not to do, you tell you not to do things. Cause you're going to do everything anyways. Um, totally. 
Yeah. So I started doing that. And that's just like a fun project. I'm in class right now trying to trying to stay in class, you know, zoom acting class is exhausting by this point, but I want to keep working on stuff. I don't want to become, I don't, I don't want to become irrelevant. And I, I don't also, I I need to keep memorizing, you know, like when you stop memorizing scenes and stop memorizing lines and it's, it's muscles. So I'm still trying to work on those muscles. Um, I am, I just signed up for a class at Actors Connection called Pitch Perfect. Um, and it is a, it's, it's a class to help me turn like a pilot into something I could pitch to producers. Um, I am low key, always having a hard time saying this, a writer as well. Um, I feel like I have imposter syndrome when I, when I say that, but I've been working on a pilot for about a year and a half um, about my experience living in New York City, uh, doing my hangover IV job that I was doing prior to the pandemic. Uh, And then I've had to re kind of format it a lot because I think that TV and film really is going to have to like change with the pandemic. Like this is 2020 is something you can't ignore. You can't just set something in New York city now and be like, oh, it's present day because it's just not like that anymore. Like this is something in history we can't ignore. So I've kind of rewritten it so many times and rewritten it to this point where I'm now including the pandemic. I know I don't want it to be like the main storyline of it, but I don't feel like I can ignore it. So I'm figuring out that kind of how to make that work. Um, And I hope to, by like March, feel it confident enough in a draft where I can do a reading of it in front of people and get some feedback on it. So I'm taking this class at Actors Connection. It's six weeks um, just to kind of get up the confidence of like, this is something people would like. I have like a, I have an idea of where the first season would go. If I am talking with anybody who cares to meet with me about it, I have a pitch for it. So, cause it is just such a foreign world to me, uh, TV and film writing, and I just need a little direction in it. So that's what I'm kind of going to focus on for the next like month and a half is, or like two months is getting this pilot into a place where I feel like excited to pitch it to people and make the next move on it. Cause it has just been like something I've been playing with for the past year and a half. So. Oh my God. That's so exciting. I, yeah. I know you've told me about the pilot and I'm happy to hear that it's still in the works. I love that you're, first of all, imposter no more. You are a comedian. <laughs> you are a podcast director, producer, creator, you are a writer, you know, and if you write and you go back and you rewrite, you're definitely a writer. So I would not (laughs) have imposter syndrome. I love masterclass. I don't know if I told you that before. Mm. And I took David Sedaris's masterclass. Uh And for writing, I just feel like he has such an amazing process and He's just such an amazing writer too. I would recommend if you haven't done any master classes, that might be a good Ooh. one to okay. Aaron Sorkin has one too. I haven't watched that one yet, but that's supposed to be good. They're all amazing. Um, 
But anyway, you should not yeah. have any imposter syndrome because you are a <laughs> writer. You. And Thank I can't you. wait to, um, yeah, see a table read or be part of something like that. I think it'll be, I've, I've seen a lot of that right now, actually. Yeah. My mom, particularly, she's going to make her directorial debut. I know. I remember you saying that in her, in her pod and I'm so curious about it. Yeah. I didn't know that she had, I didn't know she had that like hat in her closet. Um, That's her, that's, you know, what she wants to do next. She's, she's trying to push and grow and, I'm really proud of her. And we did a table read for the project she's working on. Mm-hmm. You know, it's an early draft, but it was it was great. And you get feedback and it's kind yeah. of nice in this environment too, because you can do it via Zoom and then, you know, you can have, um, you can do a really like, you could get people really cast in the roles and then yeah. see it, you know, it's fun. Yeah. So that's awesome. No, I'm excited and and, as all my projects, I am at the center of it. I hope to be the lead in it too, because um, you know that's part of making your own content is putting put as an actor is making characters for yourself that you yeah. want to play. So, and I think to your point about art changing, you know, art changed a great deal after September 11th because mm-hmm. there was just this like. Well, you know what I was thinking? I, I was thinking about 9/11, and then. I was thinking about the TV show Friends, which is like one of my favorite shows of all time. And I was like, they never, ever, and that was going on during that time. They never said anything about it. And looking back, it feels almost like disrespectful to Mm -hmm. like ignore something like that in history. And this is to a completely different degree and how many people have died from it and been affected by it. Mm -hmm. And recently I just had like a very close friend lose her father and I'm like, I cannot ignore it. Like that just wouldn't feel okay for me. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, history, we, you know, we have to honor history in order to learn from it and just glossing over the last, you know, year is not going to change or, or, or really improve the art. Like, yeah, because you, know? you notice it when you're watching TV now, mm-hmm. when you watch TV like pre-2020, you're like, oh my God, it's just weird to see people without masks and uh-huh. living normal lives. I just started watching Search Party from season one and I'm like, oh, New York in 2016 or <laughs> 2017. Oh my God, how amazing. They're at brunch. I'm so jealous. Um, or, or they're at cult meetings and I'm so jealous. <laughs> um, but I'm like, I there's TV going on right now. And like The Bachelor is actually relieving in a sense that they like, they acknowledge it's going on. Mm-hmm. They quarantine everybody. They test everybody. Everyone's in a bubble. So you're like, mm-hmm. okay, I know that they're being safe, but I can mm-hmm. also ignore it while I'm watching this. But and then there are some TV shows that do acknowledge it. Like This Is Us, I think they do a pretty good, I mentioned This Is Us in like every podcast I'm ever in. <laughs> I, NBC, yeah, they acknowledge it and they are adding it into their storyline. And I, I know some people it's like triggering to see COVID on TV. I know that they kind of want to forget about it. But for me, I just, it feels weird if they're ignoring it. Yeah. Um, because then you also think about like on set, like, are people ignoring it on set too behind mm-hmm. the cameras? Are they pretending like this isn't a thing? Cause that's just not okay. Um, and so, and then some TV shows are doing a really bad job of it. And then I feel like it's damned if you do damned, if you don't, if you try to incorporate yeah. COVID into your thing, because 
some people are doing it poorly and some people are doing it well, but then, you know, it's not, you're not hearing them as well. You're not seeing their face. Like Mm -hmm. it's hard, but I just feel like it's something that can't be ignored. I agree. I, so I'm a, I don't know if you know this, you may, I'm a really big RuPaul Drag Race fan and they're (laughs) they're filming during COVID and Uh all of the contestants are like intermingling and they don't have masks on because they've all been quarantined together. Yeah. But all the judges are separated by plexiglass. Oh my God, really? Yeah. And it's like, so I think to your point, it's like so well done because it's like respectful, you know, they're like showing the show still going on with all the contestants being like normal and quarantined Mm -hmm. and living together. And I assume the producers are either wearing masks or also quarantined, but then the, um, the judges are, you know, they're stars, so they're probably not quarantined. And so they're all in plexi, like separated by plexiglass. It's like outdoor dining. For yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I agree. So I think it is important to be respectful yeah. of that because it does, I mean, it, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't in terms of um, either being triggering or disrespecting somebody. But I think you have to be true to yourself, right? And yeah. as a nurse and who has friends as nurses, you can't just yeah. ignore you that. You can't just ignore it. It's, right. I think it's disrespectful to pretend like something didn't happen, but I understand where like people, right. I think that's why there's going to be like a lot of science fiction that comes out of this time because people are like, I don't know how to handle this. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to write something that's an alternate universe. Yeah. Um, it's also a good escape for people too, but I mean, yeah, yeah, I feel very strongly that like, if I create any, any content that I'm creating during this time has to acknowledge it. I made like a web series last summer, um, about dating in, in quarantine. Oh, I watched that. I remember Yeah. That. Yeah. You're not getting any younger. Um, <laughs> and it was about dating and quarantine. It was all filmed over zoom. It was, uh, and I, I just realized, I think all the content I'm making during this time has to acknowledge it. It's almost maybe like a relief, a release for me in a way. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's good. Yeah, I agree. I think it's Im- important to do that. And I think when we come out of this, there's going to be so much amazing art and lots of different kinds of art. Everybody has their way of escaping. I mean, I have like just completely thrown myself into drag, which is my (laughs) escape. Yeah. And I think everybody needs a valve. So yeah, a hundred percent. And I think the people who haven't, or, you know, everybody has probably found some way of getting out with yeah coping it's like different coping mechanisms whether it's art or just you know reading or developing new hobbies or singing or instruments or anything I think it's or I think it'll be such an interesting time post-covid to see what the art is I can't Um, wait Yeah. Thank you so much, Brie. You are a talent and a joy to be around. And I hope that everyone listening to this gets in touch with you um, and listens to your podcast because I want to see more art come from Brie Calla. And um, I thank you so much for being on Shedding Light Within Entertainment. Thank you. I, I feel honored to be one of your first guests. So thank you so much. Yay. 
Thanks again to Brianna and Brian for being guests on this episode of Shedding Light Within Entertainment. We'll be back with another episode which focuses on coaches and mentors. I look forward to being joined by my guests, Tessa Fay and Chris Russell, who've had a big impact on Variato. From Variato Talent, I'm Luis Lizarazzo, and this is Shedding Light Within Entertainment. See you next time.